Hey everyone, Dr. Pat and I would personally like to invite you to join us in our Grow My Baby program. This is week-by-week pregnancy and birth information developed from our experience of helping more than 4,000 women grow and birth their babies. All our links are on our website, growmybaby.com.au. If you're trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant and you feel a little bit overwhelmed by all you need to know, then this is the right podcast for you. Welcome to the show. I'm Bridget Maloney. And I'm obstetrician Dr. Patrick Maloney. And this is The Kick, your expert-led podcast that delivers the essentials of growing a baby. Make sure you head to our website, growmybaby.com.au, to get some awesome free tools like our Pregnancy Knowledge Checker to help you feel like you got this. Hello, everyone. Well, this is episode 31. Welcome we're, back. <laughs> welcome back to us, too. It's, we haven't done an episode since the shutdown. No, we've, we're still in the, uh, in the coronavirus shutdown, and we're here in our little studio, but we're allowed to be in this little room together because we're in the same family, right? Yeah, and thank God, because it's, it's nice and snug in it here, isn't it? It is snug. I don't know that I'd <laughs> want to be in here with a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> I know. I don't think we would be allowed. So, yeah, thank you to the studio to uh, let us in. And today we're talking about ectopic pregnancy. Yep. Yeah, so this is actually a uh, request from somebody on our Instagram DMs. Um, and it's a really good topic to cover because it's it's pretty common, isn't it, Patty? Yeah, and we like covering things that people have requested as well. Yep. Uh, so have we got a, um, a, re- a review to talk oh, yes. about up front? Oh, gosh, look at you go. Yes, we do. All right. We've got lots of reviews. I'm, I'm, I won't get too many out today. I'll just I'll just do one at a time. Hey? Keep them coming, people. <laughs> Keep them coming. All right. So uh, this one is from uh, – this is on our iTunes uh, from Robin Carr. Thank you for this wonderful podcast. I've been feeling quite nervous, especially in isolation, about a range of things to do with my pregnancy and birth. I'm feeling so much better, informed, and calmer for listening. And we've been getting that a lot, haven't we? You know, it is incredibly uh, distressing for people in isolation during this coronavirus shutdown. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going for, to help people feel informed and then because they feel more informed, a bit calmer in a, in a you know, in crazy times. Yeah, and everyone who's following us on Instagram probably saw us uh, post something about a, um, a woman who had an induction in the UK all by herself, basically, because in UK it's a bit different and they can't take their partner in. Yeah. And she said she listened to us about three or four times. <laughs> During the labour. During the labour and we were like... <laughs> How awesome is <laughs> How that? How awesome is that? And, and um, yeah, she, we were helping to calm her nerves. So it's just, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get on to ectopic pregnancy, Pat. What is ectopic pregnancy? Okay. So uh, an ectopic pregnancy is a sad situation where, um, you know, the, the sperm and the egg, they'll meet up in the, in the tube like they normally do. And, uh, you'll want, you, you get a fertilized uh, egg that unfortunately doesn't implant in a good place. And there's only one good place, which is in the, in the top part of the uterus. And, uh, if it implants anywhere else, like in the tube itself, or outside the end of the tube near the ovary or down in the cervix in the lower part of the uterus. No way. It can travel all the way down to your cervix. Yeah. So that, so those are all dangerous places where, where mm. it won't um, implant properly and where it can't grow properly mm. and where it's likely to cause um, a lot of bleeding once it bursts out of where it, of where it's implanted. Because it grows too big and can't be contained within the tube. Yeah, is that that's it? right. So there are bits, there are bits that won't stretch, like the upper part of the uterus. Mm. Well, mm. and why doesn't it travel all the way down into the uterus? What's happening? Look, sometimes it's just a bit of bad luck that it just that 
we think that it, sometimes it just just doesn't go right. Mm. Uh, but also, there might be a problem with the with the tube itself. Okay, so for example, if a woman's had um, a, a tube that's been partially blocked, and instead of a nice smooth road, it's a crooked, uh, bumpy road, mm. uh, then the then the the, the fertilised egg might more, might be more likely to get stuck in there. And what would cause it to be, you know, all blocked or not smooth? A history of chlamydia infection would be the main one. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. so someone who's had a, maybe a bad chlamydia infection, it's been treated. Um, sperm and egg were able to, to meet up, so the, so the tube's not blocked, but maybe it's crooked and that's promoted the, the pregnancy implanting in the wrong spot. And, I mean, this is probably a, a strange question, but can you, like, re-bore the... Tube or no, straighten that, it out? Yeah, a lot of people have tried that over the years in various different ways, but that's not a thing, unfortunately. Oh. Well, yeah. they can do it for men who have prostate problems. It's not like a prostate, no. Oh, okay. All right, so if you do have an ectopic pregnancy, how can you how can you tell? Like, what what do you have normal early pregnancy symptoms like sore boobs yeah. and nausea? And- yeah, so you'll have normal pregnancy symptoms because uh, the presence of a implanted fertilised egg you'll start making that pregnancy hormone, that beta-HCG. And that'll happen no matter where the pregnancy is located. So uh, nausea, tiredness, breast tenderness, all of the things that you get in early pregnancy, you'll get those anyway. Mm. And until something goes wrong or some testing is done, you won't know whether it's uh, ectopic or not. Mm. So you'll still get a positive two lines on a pee on a stick? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. In exactly the same way. Yeah. And that can be a little misleading, thinking, okay, great, I'm pregnant, everything's yeah. fine. Uh, but an ectopic pregnancy, um, sooner rather than later, will start to cause some problems, typically vaginal bleeding. Mm. And that will usually take a woman to her doctor or the hospital where an ultrasound might be done. And the ultrasound might show a picture that isn't in keeping with a normal pregnancy. Uh, for example, if the bleeding happens at seven weeks, we would absolutely expect to see in the uterus, a pregnancy sac mm. with a little fetal pole and maybe a heartbeat. Mm. And if someone comes to the hospital at seven weeks um, of pregnancy with bleeding and we l- do a scan mm. and there's nothing in the uterus, then that's an ectopic until proven otherwise mm. because that pregnancy hormone is coming from somewhere and yet there's nothing to see in the uterus itself. So, I mean, we've covered early bleeding in pregnancy in one of the earlier mm. episodes, so um, I can't remember what we said. So somebody's had early bleeding. Do they go – where do they go first off? Emergency department to the GP? What's, what's their first protocol? Yeah, it depends what's going on um, and what services are available, but uh, if someone's in early pregnancy with heavy bleeding and, and, and um, a lot of pain, mm. then that might be better dealt with in a hospital emergency department rather than through the local doctor. Yeah. All right. So what are the most common symptoms that somebody might present with if they've got an ectopic pregnancy? Well, well sometimes it's just sort of picked up by accident without any symptoms at all. Mm. And that might be that somebody has a, a scan at six weeks just to, just to see whether there's anything to see yet, to date the pregnancy, to make sure it's uh, not twins, all of those sort of things that we might do an early pregnancy scan for. And we might see a situation that where it just doesn't add up. Mm. So we know the woman's six weeks, there's nothing in the uterus. Mm. And maybe by then we can even see a little bulge halfway along the tube. Ah, oh, yeah, right. And, uh, and but she may be have no absolutely no symptoms yet. Mm. Okay, and and we pick up a lot that way because we 
do a lot of early pregnancy scans for various reasons. You like doing early pregnancy scans, don't you? Well, I do if some... I, I mean, you don't have to have one, but I do if someone's uh, had, a, had a pregnancy loss, the previous pregnancy... Mm. Because they're really keen to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It does reassure people at, you know, six weeks. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Or if they've been trying for ages or mm. all sorts of reasons why it might be a good idea mm. um, to, to have a look early. So occasionally we'll pick up an ectopic before it ruptures and before it causes major troubles. Mm. And then of the ones that are already starting to cause trouble, by far the most um, most uh, common situation would be bleeding in early pregnancy. Mm. And are you talking about any type of bleeding? Like is it bright red Dark red. Yeah, you read that. I don't think that's a thing. I, think, I did read that. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> when that, I was doing my research on the internet. Yeah, I don't think you can pick a an ectopic from a miscarriage. Yeah. By what the bleeding looks like, absolutely not. I think it's um, it's an ultrasound diagnosis. Mm. All right. And what other symptoms does somebody have? So they've started bleeding. Are they in pain? Yeah. Well, pain. So mm. in particular, if like most ectopics, it's in the tube. Mm. Then by the time it starts bleeding down the tube, through the uterus, through the cervix and down the vagina, there'll also be some bleeding that comes out the other end of the tube, mm. the open end near the ovary. And that's going to bleed fresh blood out into the woman's insides and that's, right. pa- and that's painful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and is it serious? Um, yeah, they're serious if they rupture. And thankfully, thankfully, um, you know... Uh, very in our you know in a in our country with a with a developed healthcare system we're able to to pick that up and mm. operate quickly uh but yes they're serious and and globally in in developing countries and so forth they're still a, a major problem mm. how many times have you googled something about your pregnancy when i was pregnant all the time dr pat yeah <laughs> we get it you may be confused or overwhelmed It's normal to want information, but where's the reliable stuff from experts? Yeah. Now, if you like our podcast, Dr. Pat and I have developed an online program to help guide you through whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. It's taken us literally two years to put it together. Two long, hard years, wasn't it? (laughs) But, you know, it is a game changer in how pregnancy information is given. Now, how it works is uh, you get to sign up at whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. Like, so you could be pre-pregnant in your very early stages of pregnancy, late pregnancy, preparing for birth, or maybe you've just brought your baby home and you get lots of information around that. And then you also get to join our closed Facebook group. So we'll have some Q&As and some lives happening in there. So we really get to interact with you. We've called in all our contacts too. So we've got a dietitian, an anaesthetist, physiotherapist. Sonographer. Yeah, who else? Uh, Pediatric nurse, obstetrician, mother of four. Oh, just all the people you need to hear from. So if that's you, come and join us at www.growmybaby.com.au. See you in the course. Now, my research, I know how you, that you take um, sort of, um, you don't like it when people say I've done my research, which just means I've just jumped onto Google. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. I'm not sure, that, I'm not sure that reading about something on the internet is the same. If I was a researcher, if I worked in a lab and had dedicated my life to that, it might annoy me at parties if other people called their internet research research. Research, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my internet research led me um, to, um, Shoulder tip pain. Some people complain of having pain in their shoulder. Yeah, that's a thing. So uh, um, if you've got bleeding on your insides, in the pelvis, sometimes that will um, be interpreted by your brain as pain coming from the tip of your shoulder. How weird. What, just we've got a... Um, I don't know, like a nervous nerve nerve connection between. Yeah, it's a little short circuit in our in our nervous system where the brain can easily confuse internal 
pain from the pelvis and abdomen as coming from the shoulders. And we most commonly see that after laparoscopic surgery. So we, you know, if we're doing a laparoscopic surgery for endometriosis or appendix or whatever, um, we fill the, the person's inside with carbon dioxide so we can see what, what we're doing. Yeah. And that will irritate the lining of the, of the, um, peritoneal cavity of our insides. And uh, on the ward afterwards, everyone's rubbing their shoulder, but there's nothing wrong with everyone's shoulder. It's it's just a, a mistake your brain's making that thinks the pain's coming from there. Oh, my God. Human bodies are just fascinating. I get so fascinated. Uh, so what other sort of symptoms? I know we've sat at a table before when you suspected that a person complaining of pain was experiencing an ectopic pregnancy you picked it straight away oh yeah that's yeah. just yeah that's just my gynecologist <laughs> uh instinct she hadn't um, told anyone that they were pregnant but you were like whispered do you, do you think you might be pregnant yeah <laughs> yeah so um you know it hurts and it really hurts mm. yeah and so that sort of severe pain in early pregnancy needs to be checked out mm, straight mm. to the emergency department yeah, mm. absolutely. And then, of course, if if, if, the pre- if it's already ruptured and there's significant bleeding out on out into the woman's insides, mm. then um, she'll have shock and low, you know, low blood pressure, look pale, sick. Yeah, right. Um, and that's a very serious situation. Yeah. Mm. So, what about going back to the person who maybe at six weeks wasn't experiencing any symptoms, but you've suspected an ectopic pregnancy? Mm. What's the treatment for that woman? Well, for that woman where the ectopic's unruptured, mm. um, we do actually have an opportunity to treat that without surgery. I am, and this is take this is getting a little more popular, um, you know, in recent years. So, there's a drug called methotrexate, uh, which is a, a drug in common use for all sorts of other conditions, mm. um, and in the setting of an unruptured ectopic, it it works a it works a bit like chemotherapy for cancer. Uh, chemotherapy it's immune suppressant or something, isn't it? Oh, in, in elsewhere Husband, it is. Yeah. yeah, but um, but using it for this purpose, um, chemotherapy drugs work by attacking cells that are rapidly dividing. Oh yeah, and cancer cells are rapidly dividing. Mm. So that's how chemo knows to to attack mostly those, and to leave most of your other cells alone. Uh, with a um, with methotrexate for um, an unruptured ectopic pregnancy, it'll attack the pregnancy cells because they're the ultimate rapidly dividing cells, mm. and it can um, it can uh, destroy the tissue from the ectopic without um, uh, you know and treat the the whole situation without the need for surgery. Mm. It's often misunderstood that it's better than having an operation. Because, well, the operation it involves removing the tube with the ectopic inside it. Mm. And if we use methotrexate instead, it's tempting to think of the methotrexate washing that tube clean, mm. washing the pregnancy out, and the, pre- the tube is still fine. Mm. And we don't think that's really what happens. We think that the methotrexate, uh, sorry, the ectopic pregnancy probably, probably still destroys the usefulness of that tube. Mm. And all the methotrexate really does is say if you have an op- having an operation. Right. Um, but um, certainly you get to keep the tube if you have methotrexate, but how useful that tube is to conceive again, we don't really know. Yeah, right. You're listening to The Kick with Dr. Pat and Bridget. How many times have you Googled something about your pregnancy? When I was pregnant all the time, Dr. Pat. <laughs> we get it. You may be confused or overwhelmed. It's normal to want information, but where's the reliable stuff from experts? Yeah. Now, if you like our podcast, 
Dr. Pat and I have developed an online program to help guide you through whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. It's taken us literally two years to put it together. Two long, hard years, wasn't it? (laughs) But, you know, it is a game changer in how pregnancy information is given. Now, how it works is uh, you get to sign up at whatever stage of pregnancy you're at. Like, So you could be pre-pregnant, in your very early stages of pregnancy, late pregnancy, preparing for birth, or maybe you've just brought your baby home. And you get lots of information around that. And then you also get to join our closed Facebook group. We've called in all our contacts too. So we've got a dietitian, an anaesthetist, physiotherapist. Sonographer. Yeah, who else? A pediatric nurse, obstetrician, mother of four. Oh, just all the people you need to hear from. So if that's you... Come and join us at www.growmybaby.com.au. Um, again, this is probably a naive question, but can we ever transplant a fetus that's formed in the um, tube into the uterus? Like, is that ever... No. Someone once claimed to have done it. Right. And... It was fraudulent. The, the, the claim was fraudulent. Oh, right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just the, the the fetus just does not, the baby just does not survive, does it? In, no. Uh, so, uh, no. And that's that's a good point. Um, in all of the drama of an ectopic pregnancy and the need for surgery and hospital mm. visits and everything, it gets forgotten that this is a pregnancy loss. Yeah. Like a miscarriage. Yeah. And this happens all the time. People say, oh, everyone, everyone paid all the fuss to my ectopic and you know, my need to have an operation and so forth. And nobody said, oh, sorry, I lost the baby. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's still the same pain, isn't there? That's right. So the rules about um, responding appropriately to somebody who's had a miscarriage, they still apply. To someone who's had an ectopic, absolutely. All right. So you mentioned that um, you have to remove the fallopian tube. Like, does that decrease your fertility? It's a good question. Not by much, it turns out. Um, So it's tempting to... Think that if you're if you've had one tube removed, that your fertility might drop by fifty percent. Yeah, but it doesn't really work that way. Uh, the one on the other side does a good job. Yep. And like a lot of the paired organs in our body, we cope pretty well with just one. Mm. So if you lose one kidney, your, your renal function doesn't drop by fifty percent. Yeah. Uh, if you lose one eye, you're not you're not half. But blind. does it mean that you're only ovulating every second month? Uh, no, you keep the, you've still got both ovaries. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so you you still ovulate every month, and uh, and so you can easily pick up the eggs on the side that's got the remaining tube. Yeah, and the remaining tube will also work pretty well to siphon an egg from the other side. No way across the pelvis and down the remaining tube. Wow! So it just sort of like. Well, he sends out a, like a little magnet or something. Come yeah, that's here, what, little leggy. That's what the little fingers on the end are for. Wow. So if you think of a diagram of a fallopian tube, it's got those little fingers on the end. And uh, they sort of work in a little suction motion yeah, wow. to suck the egg in. Because the tube isn't even attached to the ovary on its own side. Yeah. It's only next to it. Yeah. And the ovary pops the egg out into into space yeah. around the ovary and the and the um the little fingers suck it in. And it's quite possible for um the tube the remaining tube to suck an egg from the other side. Fascinating. I always you know, in my mind, I had that the fallopian tube anchored the ovary, and once the fallopian tube was gone, the ovary was just floating around. But it's it's got its own anchor point then. Yeah, the ovary's got its own stalk. Yeah, right. it's usually not shown on those diagrams, but it, um, it's got its own stalk. And, yeah. Um, so uh, if we look at the reduction in fertility, it's relatively modest if you've lost um, one tube. Mm. And 
the problem is, of course, if you lose both. And if that tube's that tube remaining is in good nick. Yeah, we want the yes, exactly. We want the remaining tube to be in good nick. Now, the only way to really tell that is to try for another pregnancy and see how you go. Yeah. But in in the in a woman having a pregnancy that's her first after a previous ectopic, mm. we're going to be watching that situation pretty closely. And how do you watch someone closely? Early ultrasound. Oh yeah. Yeah. So with early ultrasound, we can we can pick another ectopic, which mm. is which is higher risk in that woman if she's had one before. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we can pick that by um, by looking on early ultrasound and looking for those uh, precious signs of the pregnancy being inside the uterus and, yes. not, and not stuck in the other tube. Because then you would treat with methotrexate because, you know, a, a bit of a shitty tube is better than no tube? You might, yeah. um, but, but uh, you know, you would make that decision on a number of, of grounds. Mm. But... Um, you know, if someone's lost both tubes or the or the effective function of both tubes, um, to to perhaps you know a bad chlamydial infection followed by two ectopics, mm. then that's an IVF situation. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you still and and we've talked about it before that if you're still got good ovary function, yeah, IVF for those people is usually very successful, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, if tubal disease was your only problem, mm. then the success rates are very good mm. uh, because, uh, you know, the one of the limiting factors to re- assisted reproduction is the is being able to get the eggs, eggs coming. Eggs in the first place. Yeah, and if you've got no problem with egg production, then, then it's likely to work quite well. Yeah. Is there anything that I could be doing to prevent an ectopic pregnancy? Um, I think... Uh, there's not a lot. Mm. Um, it's one of the reasons why we should be careful with chlamydial, chlamydial infection. Mm. And uh, it's a good idea um, in that late teens, early 20s age group to be screened for chlamydia, mm. especially when you're going um, you know, to see um, your uh, local doc for a uh, women's health checkup, mm. pill prescription, mm. cervical screening test. Yeah. Um, Pre-pregnancy be- consultation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because the chlamydia in that age group is notoriously asymptomatic. Mm. Uh, so it's sitting there. Oh, God, I was just about to say, how do we know we've got chlamydia? Well, we, we don't. We get screened for oh. it. Yeah. So, um, I, um, so that's a sort of a primary prevention thing you could do is make sure that it is, you know, decrease the chances of, of you having that problem in the first place. Yeah, right. And uh, beyond that, no, uh, trying to, you know, you know, every time we get pregnant, we just hope it's in the right place. Yes. And get a proper diagnosis if it's in the wrong place. Okay. Good. Um, so if I have had like surgery and I might have lost a fallopian tube or, or whatever, how long before I start trying again? Look, it's really it's not a it's not really a physical limitation. Oh, yep. uh, you want to be over the surgery. Um, it's more about being over the over the loss of the pregnancy. Yes. So the same thing applies as if you can go back and listen to our miscarriage podcast. Mm, it's a bit like a miscarriage. Yeah. Mm. So I see people at two weeks. Yeah. Um, I like to see t- people at two weeks because I like to see the early signs of them making an, a normal emotional recovery. Yeah. And and then um, people will often want to have at least one other. Uh, cycle, mm. if only to know where their dates are, are at. Yep. Yep. So that so if they wait for at least the first period, that's the new day one. A couple of weeks later is the new day fourteen, fertile time again, mm. and you could you could try again as early as that. Great. Good. Well, I think um, I've asked all my questions, so we might wrap it up there. Okay, that's good. I, I like talking about ectopic. I think this is not this is this is not a rare. Oh, situation. I forgot to ask. How common yeah, is it? One percent. 
Oh, one percent. Yeah. So I mean, it's not very likely to happen to any individual person, but yeah. it's something that we see. Um, back when I worked at the Royal Women's, we we did a an ectopic in theatre every day. Every day, yeah. 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 In a big hospital like that. Um, so um, you know, one percent is not a small number mm. across the whole community. Yeah. And most people are likely to know somebody who's had a ectopic pregnancy if they haven't had one themselves. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, that's why I think it's it's one of those things that's worthwhile having a, a having a, a passing knowledge about. Yeah. If you're in the pregnancy space. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us. Um, it's been fun to get back into the podcasting studio yes. and and record another um, episode. And we'll catch you next week with our next episode. So um, if you can, please leave us a review. Give us a little five star. We love those. <laughs> And drop into our Instagram at grow underscore my underscore baby. And if you want to hear something um, and have a topic of interest, then maybe just send us a DM. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye now.